0: Thank you for joining us today with the Becker Group Business of Pot 15-Minute Podcast. I'm Scott Becker, a partner at McGuire Woods and publisher and founder of Becker's Healthcare. I'm joined today by an entrepreneurial, intelligent, smart participant in the cannabis industry, Jeff Blankenship. Let me get started by asking you, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your background.
1: Sure, Scott. So been in healthcare most of my life, up until recently, where I started a company called Surgical Captive, which is an A31B captive insurance company. I've also was exposed to the cannabis industry through several friends and colleagues. With that being said, I initially have invested in Grow Farm in Colorado.
0: Why don't you tell us how you did get into this? Because you've been in healthcare. I've known you from healthcare your whole life for a long time. You've got a very successful company there. How did you get into Grow Farm and what does Grow Farm do exactly? How does it touch the cannabis business? Are you also invested in dispensaries? Tell us a little bit more.
1: So, well, it's kind of a long story, but I'll be real brief. I was brought into the cannabis business by having basically one too many adult beverages one afternoon in Austin, Texas. A colleague and friend of mine for many years had asked me if I wanted to go grab a drink one day, catch up, and discuss one of his new business ventures. I did did not want or would not say no to either, but the story starts from there, basically. After many beverages, he had told me that he and a few friends were starting a cannabis grow farm in Colorado, that they had obtained several licenses and were looking to purchase land in San Luis Valley in southern Colorado, which is today one of the largest producers of alfalfa in the U.S. They were trying to purchase a pivot and a half of land for their grow production. And they basically needed an investor to purchase the property. They basically asked me if I would loan the money to them on a two-year note at 14% interest just for around $300,000. And I said, well, hell yeah. Why would I not you know, do that? You guys are honest, and I've worked with you in the past. But I do want out in two years. So to sum everything up, after 12 months and seeing the great things that they were doing, and I was told that you know I wanted to exercise and get out, loan they didn't want me to go anywhere and they made me an offer with all different parts of the business from the ownership of the land the grow company itself the actual cannabis license and dispensary etc and i said well this does look like it could be a pretty good future we decided to go ahead and basically convert that note into an ownership portion of the company and essentially that's kind of how I got into the cannabis business at that one point.
0: You've sort of invested now in this, in a, um, in a farm, an agricultural effort, a dispensary, licenses, and so forth. I know you've thought a lot about the different entry points to invest in the cannabis business. Can you name a handful of them, places where you see people investing in the cannabis business?
1: Well, obviously, not just the basic growing of the farm itself. And the dispensary of the cannabis and the edibles, so forth. But there is other areas of business which is focusing on the cannabis, which again is the bed and breakfasts and the resorts. Um, they do have um, cannabis guided tours, and I believe they started in Las Vegas. The trans, the digital transactions and investments for the cannabis industry. I think today there's 28 institutions that are publicly traded, and I think they say that by 2022, there should be over 200 new institutions that will be publicly traded. Um, One of the areas that I've been focusing on is a new company that I started about eight months ago, which is called Cannabis Captive Insurance, which is a captive insurance 831B Which allows you to self-insure yourself. Now, obviously, um, I have not sold captive insurance to the cannabis market yet, and that's just because there's some legality issues being a you know being a classified one narcotic. But with the current insurance environment that's out there, they are not covering certain events that take place, and captive insurance for this type of industry, when it is declassified, will be a huge opportunity. Another big area for cannabis is public relations and marketing. There's more and more social media. There's more associations like entrepreneur, the Growers Network. I mean, they're popping up night and day. Um, they have many, many trade shows all over the US and Canada. I mean, it's just there's so much opportunity in the cannabis area, and they're finding more and more needs for medical purposes, and all we hear about every day is the opioid problems that we have in the U.S. Well, it's truth that there's never been a recorded event that anyone has ever overdosed and died from cannabis.
0: Tell us three things that people should know about the cannabis business.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, people should know about the history of cannabis. Cannabis has been around the U.S. for hundreds of years and has been used by many politicians, many movers, and you know, industry barons and such. But there was a gentleman by the name of—he um, was a Democrat politician named Harry Anslinger, who was the head of the Bureau of Narcotics, and he had presented a marijuana tax act in the 1930s which banned the use and sell of cannabis and at that time the cannabis prohibition was more of an international movement and not just the u.s it was placed in the same categories in opium and other narcotics however several years after that tax act passed it was declared unconstitutional and was rescinded and it wasn't until 1970 when it was placed under the controlled substance act during the nixon administration but fast forward as of nineteen ninety six, the state of California was the first state in the Union to make it legal for medical purposes. And then in two thousand fourteen, Colorado was the first state to legalize cannabis for recreational use. And today cannabis is legal in twenty eight states for medicinal and recreational use. But today ten states plus the Washington D C have legalized it for recreational use. And on the economic side, there's in economic activity for every dollar spent on legal cannabis. However, in Colorado, on every dollar spent on cannabis, the state also spends $4.50 on public health and safety issues. There's a lot of controversy over the economics of cannabis, but one thing is for sure that where cannabis is legal, the price has dropped 70% over the last four years where it's sold legally and they do say that if the government does declassify cannabis from a schedule 1 narcotic that it would generate a million jobs annually and could bring in as much or more than 150 billion in taxes but again that's all conjecture and who really knows different states have different outcomes but economically that is where you know the cannabis industry is and it does seem to be moving forward instead of backwards
0: so to so let me capture four or five of those thoughts one way or another, cannabis, hemp have been around and used for thousands and thousands of years. One of the core, core prohibitions of this really started in the 30s. Now it's legal for medicinal or recreational use in 28 states. It's legal for core recreational use in 10 states. There is a concept, and you actually mentioned some fasting pros and cons on what it does to state budgets. On one hand, it generates a lot of economic activity. For every dollar spent, there's another two dollars and forty cents spent on it. It also for those people that are users of cannabis, it significantly reduces the price of cannabis. Finally, it's um you know, it it is this great question of whether it's leading to more or less state public health expenditures as people start to use cannabis. So generates a certain amount of money, but then has other money going out towards public health uses. So it's a very interesting discussion as to whether it's a budget saver for states and a huge positive or not. You typically hear it's going to bring in lots of new taxes. It's sort of like lifting prohibition. Now we're taxing it legally. And then you stated a different discussion that, yes, it does all those things, but there's also a counter discussion on that there could be more public health costs in some place. So, Jeff, it's this burgeoning field you know, exploding like techs exploded some time ago. You remind some people of the eighteen forties gold rush with so much legal business coming out of what was an illegal business. So as an entrepreneur, you're now invested in the land, you're invested in the dispensaries. You sort of have parlayed this and, and I know you from another era and you've been really successful in another area. Grown a multi-million dollar company, tens of millions of dollars, very successful where are some of the opportunities to win in the cannabis business today? Any thoughts on that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, today it's timing, risk, and division are the key factors, in my opinion, and the possibility of deregulation of cannabis by the federal government. Currently, there are several problems with the cannabis industry when it comes to business, ranging from the inability to use banks, which are FDIC-approved, the inability to take credit cards for the purchase of cannabis through merchant services such as MasterCard, Visa, Discover, and American Express, which will not allow transactions to take place on their networks. Another area is the inability and inadequately purchase of affordable insurance for the cannabis industry with sufficient coverages needed at a reasonable cost. Um, The federal regulation such as the two eighty E statute, which disallows Scheduled One drug from taking normal tax deductions and writing off expenses other than the basic cost of goods sold, is also a major issue with the business of cannabis. Many hurdles for the industry are there, but it also provides entrepreneurs much promise as they plan and create new opportunities for the future for the cannabis industries. And the opportunities You know, services range from growing, transporting, production of products, developing genetically new hybrids of flour, CBD oils, the commercial digital banking opportunities, you know, eventually affordable insurance, new products for both medical and commercial uses.
0: I mean, you're really seeing an explosion of opportunities in this. And just fantastic. You've shared a lot with us today on how you got into the business you know, some of your background, some things to know about the cannabis business, also some of the multiple different areas in which there's going to be opportunity in the cannabis business. Thank you so much for your time and energy today. I've always been amazed that you as an entrepreneur love the fact that you took a small step in this, a small investment to start with, and now doing much more things in it. And I'll be excited to watch you grow in this and watch the industry over the next couple of years. So, Jeff, thank you so much, and we'll look forward to visiting with you again in a few months. So thank you. No, Scott, thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity and the time.